Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very a word of God. I'm looking forward to today as we continue our study here in the book of Acts. And if you're just catching us, this is only the second study that we've done. So we are in chapter one, study number two. Now, good news is if you go download our podcast, all of the Bible studies are archived there for free. And uh, you can listen to those. If you miss us on the radio, you can always find us on the podcast. So take a moment, go to wherever podcasts are found and type in striving for revival and then hit subscribe. And that way, if you miss us, you can catch us whenever you have the time. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope that you've already been walking with God one way or another in your Bible, in prayer, serving God out in the uh, community somewhere, witnessing, winning souls. Uh, Do something for the Lord today. Spend some time walking with him. I think about this. He comes to the garden alone, the dew still in the roses. You know, it says the joy we share as we tarry there. That ought to be the kind of relationship that you want and long for and strive to create with Christ. And I tell you, the closer you get to him, the sweeter gets the journey every day. Serving Jesus really pays. And I tell you what, it it pays down here and it's going to pay in eternity and it's worth it all to just walk with God and worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, the book of Acts is a transitional book and historical record. The author of the book of Acts, of course, is Luke, the physician Luke, the man who also gave us the gospel uh, according to Luke. So we're familiar with him. He's a close uh, follower of the Lord. He was with the apostle Paul. He's an eyewitness to much of what he'll write to us here in the book of Acts. He was there for much of these different uh, events and occasions that took place. And this book is an exciting book. It's a moving book. Like it says, an active book. It's a book where you can see God uh, at work in his churches and through the Christians. Now, it's a biographical in some way. It's a historical book uh, in every way, and we can look at this and see how God moved in the early days. Now, I talked about this There'll be some things here in the book of Acts that you'll see and think, well, what in the world? That's a weird. And that's because the book of Acts is a transitional book. You'll find some things that happen in the book of Acts that do not happen anymore. God used different miracles and signs to reach Jewish people early on, but also just in general, because there was not a completed Bible yet. So some of those things that were in part were in operation until that which was perfect came. And when that which was perfect came, when the Bible was completed, those interim gifts signed gifts, they have departed. So there are no more. Uh, many of these miracles that happen where a man will lay his hand on somebody, they'll receive the Holy Ghost, they'll speak uh, in an unknown time. Those things don't happen uh, any longer. And if anybody claims they do, they're a false prophet and they're lying to you. Okay, so just mark it down. That's pretty stout. Now, it's just I believe the Bible, and that's just the way we're going to do it. Now, in Acts chapter number one, we talked about this last broadcast, how Christ has told his disciples to wait. They're in Jerusalem. And the words are, but wait. Now, I said this. Probably they wanted to run. They wanted to hide. They wanted to scatter. They wanted to get anywhere they could get other than in Jerusalem. That's a hot spot for persecution. Christ has been beaten before their eyes, scourged, mangled by men, and then nailed to a cross. 
and ultimately he died. Now, I know he rose again. He spoke with them, spent 40 days there teaching them. But that city is not friendly to the Christian. Now, it'd be easy in the flesh to say, let's go to greener pastures, a more favorable place, a place where there's conservatives in office. But Paul said, but, but, but Brother Jesus said, but wait, to his disciples, but wait. He said, I know it's hard, but don't move. I know it's difficult, but stay. I, I know you have uh, this feeling of nervousness, but wait. There's a promise on the way, and it's going to happen here, not somewhere else, here. I'm going to bless you right where you are. And let me challenge you, Christian, bloom where you're planted. I'm not saying God doesn't ever move you. He's moved us before. But I am saying this just because it's hard, just because it's difficult, just because the honeymoon phase has ended doesn't mean you move. Just because you're getting hate mail or persecuted from the public, uh, just because somebody's running their mouth about you doesn't mean you ought to jump ship. Stay, stay, plant your feet. I mean, be like a tree by the rivers of water. Don't be moved. But wait, why? Because God might bless you there. You're in the will of God, so stay. There's not going to be help and blessing outside the will of God. Stay in the will of God. But wait, but wait, but wait. And he said, here's the promise. John baptized you with water, but he said, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost and he'll baptize you. Now, Jesus made that promise back in the book of John that whenever he would leave, he would not leave his disciples comfortless, but he would send another comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, that would be in them and dwell with them and guide them and teach them and reprove this world of sin. And so now he's saying, hey, listen, that promise is binding and that promise is still active and that promise shall be fulfilled. He said, hold tight. Hold on a little longer. Help is on the way. Now, he says all this to them and these Jewish individuals. I know they're Christians, but they're Jewish in their mind. They respond by saying, are you going to restore the kingdom in verse number six? And he said, wait a minute. It's not for you to know that. In verse number seven, he said, don't worry about things that you can't control. Oh my, now we got to get to our verse for today, but is it not true that often we spend the most time worrying about things that we have no control over anyway? We lose sleep at night, we wrestle with it, and we can't make the outcome change. It's what's going to happen is going to happen, and we can't do anything about it, and yet that's what we're most consumed with. Jesus said, don't you worry about things that aren't for you to worry about. Basically, he's saying this, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Take care of whatever it is you can take care of, and I'll take care of the rest. And isn't that true? If we just do what we know we can do, and if we just do right, and we just be obedient, and we just follow what the Bible teaches us to follow, if we just do what we can do, watch how God would just take care of all the rest. Now, we're getting down to verse 8, my favorite verse in the book of Acts, one of the most my favorite verses in the Bible. In fact, when I sign a, my name, I'll put this verse by it, and uh, it says this, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. I like what he says, but you know what he's saying? He has told them to stay in Jerusalem. He said, I'm going to leave you now. I'm about to go back to the Father. You'll see me no more. Now think of these disciples. They had been used to having contact with Christ, not living by faith alone, but faith in sight. They got to hear and see and be with him while he did things only God could do. They heard him preach. They heard him pray. They saw him witness, do miracles, walk on the water, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> They'd been witness to all of that. And now Christ says, it's hard. I've been uh, uh, crucified in this city. I want you to stay by the way, I'm not going to be with you. Now, you better believe they were nervous, maybe scared, despondent, discouraged. How are we going to do it if Jesus isn't with us? And here's how he said, hey, but don't worry. 
I'm not going to leave you without effectiveness. I'm not going to leave you without potential. I'm not going to leave you void of power. He said, but you shall receive power. What an encouragement. He said, I'm going to give you what you need to do what I've asked you to do. I'm going to give you what, I, what you need to be faithful. I'm going to give you what you need to win souls. I'm going to give you what you need to build these churches. I'm going to give you what you need to impact your generation, but you shall receive power. And here's the power. It's not in positive thinking. It's not in a marketing program. It's not in having a social media following. He said, you shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you he said i'm going to send that comforter i promised he's going to fill you and empower you and enable you to get the will of god done in your generation and you'll be a witness he said here it is when the power of god comes on you you're not going to just uh, 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 babble like the Gerber baby. You're not going to run cartwheels and uh, uh, do flips down the aisle. You're not going to build a platform uh, uh, of 30,000 people to come to your church and you sell them all your books every Sunday. No, he said, when the power of God is upon you, the power of God is there to enable you to be an effective soul winner, a witness for me. You can tell when somebody's spirit-filled, not when they're a shouter, not when they're a singer, not when they preach a good sermon. I'll tell you how you can tell when somebody's spirit-filled when they are a soul winner. Mark it down. If somebody says, I'm so full of the Holy Ghost, and yet they're not a personal soul winner, they're not filled. Because the first evidence of the filling of the Spirit is, you shall be witnesses. Now, here's where they're going to witness. They're going to witness at home in Jerusalem, that city where they dwell. Then Judea. Judea, what's Judea? Judea would be like the region around them, a state. Reach it. They say, reach it. Then Samaria. That's an even larger area, also an area where they normally wouldn't go. Isn't it amazing how a spirit-filled person, it changes their disposition? These men who had been raised in Judaism probably had some negative thoughts, maybe some racial tension when it came to Samaria. But if they were truly filled with the Holy Spirit, obedient, yielded to the Holy Spirit, they'll witness to those that normally they wouldn't want to witness to. And then they take the gospel under the uttermost part of the earth. What he's saying is there's no place the gospel shouldn't go, and there's no sinner that can't get saved if they hear the gospel. I promise you today that power is still available. And if you and I would seek God's face and be filled with the Spirit, we could be effective in this hour. That's all the time we have for this broadcast. Make sure you join me next week or next time, and we'll go further into this chapter. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.